0: This is Ari Koretsky, and welcome to Jews You Should Know, introducing the broader community to interesting and inspiring Jewish men and women making a difference in our world. Some are already famous, some not yet so. But each is a Jew you should know. And I am back after a whirlwind two-week tour in the Holy Land. Two amazing weeks of interviews. I was privileged there to conduct 25 interviews during uh, the 10 days, really, that I was working over those two weeks, and I'm very excited to slow release those in the months to come. Uh, I'm not going to do it chronologically in order of the interviews that I actually conducted, but rather thematically. A number of the interviews fit into sort of subcategories. For example, a group of what I would call bridge builders people that are bringing people together from within Israeli society, different parts of the spectrum, religious and otherwise. Another mini-series will be about entrepreneurs, high-tech people, and actually another sub-mini-series, perhaps we'll call it, will be about female entrepreneurs, amazing women doing incredible things in the business sector in Israel. But I'm going to start with a mini-series on the topic of inclusion and disabilities. I learned on this trip that Israel is a world leader in the area of inclusion, one of the most progressive societies when it comes to dealing with people with intellectual deficits or emotional challenges and all sorts of special needs. And I interviewed three amazing, amazing pioneers in this field. The first, we're going to hear from today is Daron Al Mok, who not only is an Israeli military legend, but is also the chairman of Ale Negev. Ale Negev is part of the broader Ale Network. Alei is an incredible organization founded in 1982, over 35 years ago, with four rehabilitative care facilities: Jerusalem, Ben Brak, Gadera, and again the Negev, treating people of all different ages and helping people with all diagnoses live happy, dignified, and meaningful lives. And we'll hear more about Ale at the end, but just one more note before we jump in to our interview with Daron about the context for many of these interviews, this one and all of them that I did in Israel. These were all live, and therefore they were conducted in a wide variety of environments, outside, inside, different rooms with more or less echo, and sound qualities. And so as I release these episodes, you'll hear not only a variety of sound qualities, but really a variety of sound styles. For example, this one, as I note, took place outside in the beautiful backyard of Daron al in Nestciona. So you'll hear birds chirping and some quiet whirring of outdoor appliances. And let that recede into the background as you enjoy the incredible, inspiring words of this great military and societal hero, Deron al-Mogh. We are here in the beautiful picturesque town of Ney with Major General Reserve Daron al-Mogh, an Israeli war hero as well as a pioneer and advocate in the area of inclusion and disabilities. And we're going to hear all about that incredibly diverse and fascinating saga. How are you, Deron?
1: very well uh, today you know, it's not a usual day uh, there is some escalation in gaza oh really yeah i did and not hear about bombardment it. missiles from uh, gaza were shot toward south of israel among them the village al nakhalat our village N- uh, none of the missiles landed in in alenegev but um, israeli citizen casualties
0: really uh, yeah I uh,
1: say. And many attacks had been done in return by the Israeli Air Force. Wow! And um, I believe at the end it will come to some kind of ceasefire. Right. Hopefully, long-term ce- ceasefire, maybe for five years. That's the discussion about. But it's not a simple day. Another day of uh, escalation in Gaza.
0: Well, I didn't even hear about it. I'm glad you, glad you informed me. Um, so take us back, Daron, um, to the beginning, where are you from and, and what was your background like?
1: Yeah, b- I born in Israel in 1951, educated in Rishon uh, LeZion elementary school, and later moved to Haifa from ah. 14 to 18. For and high school or with your family? High school, no, no, only me in military boarding school. Military boarding school. Near the mm-hmm. rally. Real in Haifa, uh, Mount Carmel. It was run by the army. It's by Ministry of Defense. It was as uh, of it was the idea of David Ben Gurion, our first prime minister, to build um, military boarding school for excellent officers who would stay. It's like the, it's parallel to the uh, West Point, to US West Point. But it's a high
0: school, it's younger.
1: It's, yeah, it started from 14, now from 15 to 18. So the idea was building a military boarding school for the color of uh, new cadet in Israel, and the only Jewish country in the world. And um, uh, to establish a generation of qualified officers.
0: So it's amazing, already at 14 years old, you yeah. knew where they knew that you could 14, become uh, an officer. That's yeah, very near, early. near
1: the best school in Israel. The Reali School is uh, considered the best school. Uh, together, civilians and uh, and cadet. Wow. Uh, so I'll, I was qualified, and uh, the have military. They a
0: lot of tec- tests and everything to get in.
1: Yeah, and, mili- and joined the military in 1969 uh, during the war of attrition along uh, Suez Canal. Two years after the. 67 war, six day war, and uh, <laughs> recruited in the PA brigade,
0: paratroopers, PA, yeah, yeah. paratrooper
1: khanim and shortly after joining the par, started participating in operations. My first operation was the Shedwan Island raid, in order to bring prisoners, Egyptian prisoners. To allow allow the Israeli government to enter a package deal with the Egyptian. Ah, so you're it, capturing the Egyptians to, to then yeah, trade the, the back. Egyptian to trade back. Yeah. Uh, uh, the who Egyptian, the who are we trading for? Who was Egyptians had? Our some of our pilots oh. uh, were taken as prisoners while bombarding the Delta and positions in Egypt, and some of our paratroopers also were taken prisoners by Egyptian trade over the Suez Canal in the east side of the Suez Canal. Right. Okay. So our mission was to raid to Shedwan Island, it was island where, which was populated by about a, a battalion uh, commander, Egyptian battalion commander, about 400 uh, soldiers. We landed with helicopters January 22nd 1970, uh, landed by helicopters and uh, had won a battle fighting from Position to position, killing about fifty Egyptian soldiers, taking sixty-five Egyptian wow. prisoners. And you brought like a, a uh, cargo
0: transfer plane, like and
1: then yeah. Well, and um, uh, my company commander Iki Itzhak Kotler was killed. Oh, yeah. A good friend Chaim Soovich was killed, and another friend uh, Israel Barlev was killed. Well, we lost three but we did the mission, we brought back 65 uh, Egyptian prisoners and uh, shortly after the Shedwan raid the Israeli government uh, maintained the package deal with the Egyptians brought back some of our prisoners uh, Later, many more operation uh, officers crews, uh, platoon commander company commander, Yom Kippur war I was a paratrooper company commander before the Yom Kippur war participated in the first operation in Tripoli to kill the terrorists behind the munich massacre of wow. uh, the israeli 11 sportsmen in uh, in 72 munich uh, The olympic game 1972 did you uh, did you watch the movie? Uh, I, I didn't see the movie, but uh But I (laughs) I participated in the the uh, (laughs) real I was just going to
0: ask you if you thought it was accurate or was a you know a real representation. I don't
1: know. I I didn't see, but movie is a movie, right? I participated the first operation landing after forty-eight-hour cruise in abandoned beach, marching ten kilometers, surprising the terrorists in their homes, killing eighteen, evacuated uh, with helicopters, taking. One of our friends, uh, wounded Avner Hermoni, flying back to Israel. Later, the Yom Kippur War, 1973, which surprised all of us. Yeah. All of a sudden, October 6, 1973, Shabbat. State of Israel was attacked by Egyptian in the south and Syrian in the north.
0: Do you remember where you were when of when course. it happened? Yeah. <laughs> of course.
1: Uh, you know, none of us uh, were, were people in synagogue remember.
0: or where, where were no, people? No,
1: no, 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 I was military and uh, we were called to them back to our units on Friday. Ah, uh, okay. So I was in my camp in Betlid, uh, the power brigade camp. Um, we were positioned at the center of Israel when the war started, but uh, my brother, Eran, was stationed in the Golan Heights. He was an uh, Armour platoon commander in the 7th Brigade. Only 180 Israeli tanks defended the Golan Heights yeah. against more than 2,000 Syrian tanks at the first hours. And uh, the Egyptians crossed the Suez Canal. Um, my battalion was sent to Sinai. We fought against the Egyptian fierce battles there were many moments I thought I won't see the second later Um, we won the war yeah one of uh, I think the greatest victories ever of the state of Israel which the condition the initial condition this war were against yeah the state of Israel terribly against the state of, of Israel we were inferior In inferior position at first after three weeks uh, one of the greatest victory ever we found ourselves 100 kilometers from cairo yeah and the south about 40 kilometers from damascus in north there was no cellular no laptop no internet right i found a telephone column the rumors in my hometown said both of us were killed, me and my brother. Really? I was, I was 22, part trooper company commander. He was 20, my brother, Iran. And uh, my mom raised the telephone, surprised to hear my voice. And then I asked, what about Iran, my brother? She said, we lost Iran. We have no Iran anymore. I came home. There was no Shiva. After the Yom Kippur war, they were all buried in temporary cemeteries. He was buried in the north, others were buried in the south of Israel. Uh, the funeral happened one year later, there was nothing to do at home. So I continued to the Golanites, I found this burnt tank. And then I continued to hospital and found some of his soldiers and did my own investigation and shockingly discovered that he was left behind. He was shot by a Syrian tank 50 meters in front of him while shooting three other Syrian tanks on his left. And uh, he was thrown outside. He was the only survivor from his tank crew. Thrown outside, bleeding, bleeding, shouting for assistance. He could be saved. He was hit on his uh, left leg. But his company continued to Telsaki, to south of Golanai, to save the paratroopers who were fighting in Telsaki, my friends. Um, He was evacuated dead already seven days later. So I was rageous after the Yom Kippur War, rageous. And I decided, I swore. At that time i did my own oath for my bleeding brother to stay in military never ever leave a wounded soldier behind yeah. just like that
0: did you become very angry with the military i mean i could have imagined um, the, um, you wanted to leave the military because i was you're so
1: frustrated upset. and angry first of all about the simple fact that his friends left him. Yeah. His friends continued to save my friends, the paratrooper troop were fighting in south of the the Golanite, but it doesn't matter. He was left behind. Yeah. And uh, and I continue staying in military in combat unit. I had the privilege not to continue serving in combat unit anymore as bereaved family. Right. But on the opposite Uh, I decided to stay in military. Three years later, I was the first Israeli soldier to land in Entebbe, the famous raid.
0: That's amazing. That's 77? 76.
1: 76. July 4, 76, 200th anniversary of the United States, the night between the 3rd and 4th of July. And so you uh, were on the... 1976.
0: And when you say you were the first to land over there, that means as a paratrooper jumping... With Not jumping,
1: uh, we landed, we came to Entebbe by four Hercules. Number one landed 11 p.m. sharp, as, as a matter of fact, number one did uh, the most of the mission, um, 53 minu- minutes on the ground where we killed the uh, seven terrorists and brought back the 105 Israeli hostages.
0: Was Yoni Netanyahu on your The Yoni carrier? was
1: together, yeah, with, uh, there were, we were two units in and number one Hercules, Yoni Netanyahu, 35 soldiers, one Mercedes, two Jeeps, and my unit, their power reconnaissance unit. Uh, I jumped first from the Hercules, 1,000 meter after landing. Wow. And uh, marked the runway for the next three Hercules to come. It's totally two, dark, right? Not at first. I will... Yeah. Immediately explained, but uh, seven minutes after our landing, number two landed with two BTR 40 with a Russian cars. Uh, and number three landed one minute later, number four landed num- one minute after number three. Number four was a medical evacuation team and reserve force. Now, what was the it was all about gaining surprise at the first seconds, right? Uh, according to procedure, international procedure, international airport is, the runway is marked all over the night. This international procedure and every airplane need to ask permission for landing. We didn't ask permission. We landed but we assessed that shortly after the control power understand that there was unpermissioned landing, they will switch off everything and that is Exactly what happened. So we landed, and uh, shortly after landing- You shut down all the power? Yeah. When when I jumped, after 1,000 meters, the Hercules slowed down to a speed of about 20 kilometers an hour. So we jumped uh, from uh, the side doors of the Hercules. I first and uh, the rest of my team, nine soldiers, four marked the runway, two from each side. By battery lights, small battery lights, 100 meter between the battery lights, uh, seven from each side, and uh, all together it's 600 meter, which was enough for the landing of uh, the second, third, and fourth Hercules. Right. Um, we continued to the new control tower. There were two control tower: one the old control tower near the old terminal, the place that uh, hostages were kept with a seven terrorists. Right. And my mission was to to capture the high ground and the new control tower, which is a hill controlling the wool airport, the dominating ground. So we, di- we did the mark of the runway and continue for about 400 meters inside, capturing the new control tower, killing four guards near the control tower getting inside and uh and later um getting to our rendezvous point um number one hercules after leaving us continue running more two kilometers stop Disembarked the one Mercedes and two Jeeps with Yoni Netanyahu and the 35 soldiers. Now it's
0: supposed to be the car that looked like Idi Amin's. Yeah, yeah. Car. The
1: Mercedes like uh, Idi Amin. And they continue running more three kilometers toward the old terminal. A um, few hundred meters before the old terminal, there, there were some um, Ugandan guards. They killed them, uh, which later was controversial. Because it was about uh, it, Yoni and Netanyahu's decision. Maybe, maybe some of the soldiers thought it. It may be a mistake to shoot, and create uh, a noise, which
0: to al- may alert, alert them.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, we didn't lose surprise. Um, Yoni and Netanyahu group arrived to the old terminal and. Uh, penetrated from all sides simultaneously, killed the seven terrorists. I think the main battle took about two minutes. Wow! The seven terrorists were killed and about uh, 40 Ugandan guards near. Yoni himself was shot by uh, one Ugandan soldier from the old control tower, from the top of the sniper old base. control Yeah, it was, uh, I'm not sure it was a sniper, but however wh- Yoni was shot The whole operation continued without stop. Later, when Yoni was evacuated to uh, Number Four Hercules, Uh, Number Four Hercules landed last, but but took off uh, first. Right, left first, yeah. Yeah. So the the order of uh, leaving in Tebe was uh, the opposite of landing. Number Four left first, and then um, Number Three, and then Number Two, and Number One. The Hercules, uh, which brought us, took took off last.
0: When Yoni went down, were you? Did you become in charge then of the whole mission? Or of no, his, no, no, of no, his no, no.
1: We were some units. Uh, we were about uh, 250 soldiers all together. Right. So
0: who took and over and his and unit? There, he had there, another next in command. No,
1: no. there, there was uh, Brigadier General Dan Shomron was the commander of the uh, World operation. Okay. Yoni Netanyahu had one okay. mission, the main okay. mission my unit uh, another mission taking the new control tower marking the runway right. with the paratroopers taking the new terminal taking control on new terminal i had another group of soldiers with a mission to guarantee refueling mm. near near the new terminal uh, in the new terminal, one of our soldiers also was shot, Elsko Swin, got a bullet in his head, badly wounded. And uh, he's still alive. He's in a wheelchair. I have many pictures of uh, Erskar. He was in coma one and a half year, and but he's fine. He, later he was graduated uh, in computer science. He did a master in computer science. He wasn't
0: brain damaged.
1: Yeah, still, uh, the steerer is in, in a wheelchair. Physically. Physically, physically uh, yeah. yes. But uh, yes, his, his, brain is his, his, yeah, his brain is fine. He also established LOTEM Foundation, which is a foundation to assist students. Um, uh, no, to assist uh, handicapped and disabled by students, volunteering students to wow. assist uh, Beautiful. disabled. Yes, that was taking disabled people to the nature. To visit nature, um, which was his dream, when he was uh, hospitalized. However, from Entebbe we flew to Kenya. We landed in Nairobi. We refueled because the our refueling system in in Uganda in Entebbe in Entebbe uh, went very slowly. Huh. So we decided to give up and get out of there. Take the second option. The right. second option was uh, refueling in. Nairobi. We landed in Nairobi and continued to Israel. Uh, number four, Hercules, with the hostages, landed in Ben-Gurion Airport. And uh, the rest, uh, number one and two and three, landed in Tel a military base. Uh, with no much crowd, no much publicity. And we continued, you know, Anteba, for me, you know, it, it's one of the heroic missions. A mission which, um, until now, is staying the modern uh, military pantheon of uh, more than 40 years ago. Yeah. yeah. But uh, <coughs>
0: how did you feel right afterwards? Did you know that this was a a great event right away? Of course. Well, we understood
1: before that you know, flying 4,000 kilometers, that that was. Uh, very unique. Then, uh, we did missions all over the Middle East, but uh, flying four thousand kilometers, landing eleven p.m. sharp, um, killing seven terrorists, and surprising them, bring it, bring them uh, bring bring the one hundred five Israeli hostages back, uh, losing three of the hostages, losing Yoni Netanyahu. Um, in general. It's a huge success, yeah, for this kind of operation, succeeding to surprise the, the terrorists um, and uh, give the Israel one of the greatest victories ever, yeah, in our modern history. You know, it's years After the Yom Kippur War, after the State of Israel lost deterrence, uh, and I think the morale in the state of Israel, after the Yom Kippur was very low, Israel was really shocked.
0: Yeah, it was the opposite of 67, really, right, in many ways, where 67, Israel was the one surprise attacking and it was such a swift victory, and Yom Kippur was very different. So
1: then Teb, I think it it was, yeah, it was about... uh, Restore the confidence, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gaining pride again. Walking tall, feeling that um, yes, we are competent, um, and uh, we gave pride to the Jewish people yeah. all over the world. We gave pride, and I think to democracies. You know, we, we gave pride also to the United States. Uh, at that specific day, the two hundredth anniversary, July July four,
0: seventy six. Ah, right. We, yes. That was July on 4, bicentennial. That yeah, that wow. was the bicentennial.
1: Yeah. Wow. The two hundredth anniversary. Of, uh, I don't
0: think I ever put that together. That's really incredible timing. I don't know.
1: How old are you now?
0: I'm just about forty. Yeah. So this is before I'm born. <laughs> 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 I was born in seventy eight. So.
1: Yeah. So that was seventy uh, six. Yeah. Um, so I continue serving after the Entebbe. Um, many missions in Lebanon, Syria, Egypt, Jordan, Sudan.
0: All the countries um, surrounding.
1: <laughs> yeah, the first Lebanese war. I led the Troopers landing in Awali River, marching seven days arriving first to Beirut killing more than 300 terrorists and, and uh, Syrian soldiers, commando um, destroying more than 50 APCs and tanks uh, from the Syrian side um, 83, 84, 85 86, 87, 88 I participated many missions in Sudan to bring Jews from Ethiopia. Ah, that, that's Operation it's Moses. It's not Moses. It's not Solomon. It ten years before the Moses and and Solomon. It, uh, that uh, there were clandestine operation in Sudan. Um, we brought them from the Sudani desert. Each operation was very moving. In each operation, we brought about six hundred. Wow. Uh, very moving period. Um, and parallel to this mission, many other missions all over the, the Middle East against Hezbollah, Hezbollah leaders, terrorist leaders. Um, 1984, while leading operation in Sudan, our second child was born.
0: So you already married and with a child was at this married,
1: time? I was married since
0: 1978. Wow. With Didi. In honor of my birthday. When did you get married in 19 When in 78? exactly what
1: was the September it? 26 No 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 so, uh, our wedding was uh, May 24 Okay you're getting ready but getting ready uh, for However me. it was like <laughs> Like Baumer. <laughs> you were getting like ready for <laughs> night. so May 24 1978 A year later our first child was born Nitzana our daughter living here
0: She lives in Nessiana This house Second um, floor. Second floor, and okay. The grandchildren
1: with the four wow, grandchildren. Wow,
0: okay. She waved her upstairs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and five years after Nitsan, 1984, our second child was born, 11 years after the Yom Kippur War. Uh, he was a boy. We gave him the name of my brother, Eran, that was yes. killed in the Yom in Kippur In the Golan, yes. And as parents, we expected him to be better than us, more successful, more talented, a source of pride um at first we saw that he didn't react to any noise any clicking mm. no eyes following fingers at the age of eight months he was diagnosed and we were told Didi, my wife and me were told by a psychologist your son is having a combination of autism and retardation probably will never speak probably You will mentally stay child forever. That was a shock. We felt the sky dropping down on on our head. Um, And you ask yourself how the hell you continue managing your life if your son won't be anything of your dream. Anything. I think at the age of two years, we understood how to reshape our life. We saw him smiling. While seeing smiling, we understood he got inner world. What is a smile? The smile is also some having some cognition, having the ability to smile because of A plus B plus C make him smile. You don't know what is what. What make him smile? Right. Something is going on. Something is inside. Yeah. So you got some cognition. Is number one. But now, what's more important, that he's happy. Mm. Like is saying from his shouting silence, "My dear father, I will never speak." But are you ready, my dear parents, to give up on the? Dream that one day I'll be a professor, a Nobel Prize winner, a pilot, engineer, lawyer, whatever journalist. Are you ready to give up on a dream that I'll be something one day and be satisfied only to raise a smile on my lips, only to make me happy? That's all we decided. We decided to love him, we decided to raise him, we decided never to be ashamed. And he, the child, was never spoken one word, never said Abba, never said Iman, never made eye contact. And he became the greatest professor of my life. He told me more than any, any other human being, commander, professor, about myself about our society, about our community, about our values what it, about love. We say "Call Israel Arivim Zel We say all Israel responsible one for each other. We say. At first we started moving all over Israel to see where and how these children are kept. And we came to institute which were horrible. You open the door and you got a smell. And then you see distorted faces of children who are terrorized, afraid from the world. And then you see shameful stuff, people who are walking in this institute who lower their eyes, their eyes, and
0: they know they're doing terrible. They're
1: fully ashamed. No pride on walking with these children. No pride, no ability to say I'm walking with disabled children. Just shame. We came home crying. Then we started hearing stories about shame. Golda Meir, the Prime Minister of Israel, the, the the Iron Woman who sent me and my friends to hunt down the terrorists behind the Munich massacre of the eleven Israeli sportsmen. Golda was also grandmother of Meira. Meira, after Golda passing, gave interview. She was Down syndrome, married. She told the Israeli public Golda never visited me. Golda didn't love me. Golda told my mom to never mention the Prime Minister of Israel having retarded granddaughter. Wow. And then more stories about our leaders. Igal Alon was deputy prime minister when we flew to Entebbe. Igal Alon the bio of Igal Alon that was written by Professor Anita Shapira from Tel Aviv University. Um describe a girl Nurit, born in Kibbutz Genosa, the daughter of Igal and Ruth Alon, described as a beautiful child, didn't speak until age five. At the age five, the Alon family decided no place for Nurit in our family, neither in the Kibbutz nor in the state of Israel. She was taken overseas to Scotland. Once a year, he flew to visit her, never Never, ever he spoken on his daughter in the public. Years later, three years ago, I was in Australia, and suddenly the my cell rang, and I was announced by a special committee that I'm awarded the Alon Committee for pioneering and so on. So I asked, uh, when the ceremony, they said that and that. I said, I'm not in Israel. My mom, maybe my mom will come to take, she's 86. <laughs> she was palmach soldier. Your mother? My mother. Oh my goodness. Uh, under under <laughs> Egal Alon, he was a commander. I said, my mom will come. So I said, fine, okay. Then later, I came back to Israel, invited the committee to come to the village which we built for our son. So they landed, about two years ago, they landed in a helicopter. Three people, the three over 90, and they were a part of the committee awarding me for Eagle Alone prize. Uh, the head of the committee was uh, Steph Wertheimer, we're very rich, very well known. Right. He sold out his car, his company, to Warren Buffett uh, for $4.5 billion. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad exit. So he landed with helicopter. Together with him, Eliyahu Sela, who, uh, nicknamed Rehanana, was the operation officer of Palmach during 48, the independent war. And Ada Sireni, a woman, also a woman, uh, woman fighter al uh, one of the heroes of our 48 war, independent war. We did visit in of the village. And then at the end, I told, I told them, thank you for awarding me the Igal Alon prize. But you know that Igal Alon had a daughter, Nuit, has never mentioned. They all say yes. They know him. about it. So, and then Ada Sireni, the woman, the woman fighter, said, I also had a daughter, Orly, like Nuri. She born in Kibbutz, Iran, north of Israel. And me decided the same decision. No place for Orly in our family, neither in the Kibbutz, nor in the state of Israel. Orly was taken to London, lived until 43. We were all ashamed and mistaken. There was no Donal Mog, no Alenege village. Um, we hided our disabled children. We wished to build a new heroic ethos of the Sabra, right. the Israeli born here.
0: Pretending there's nothing imperfect, yeah. there's nothing no deficiencies
1: yeah so i as i said the greatest teacher of my life was iran our son the son who has never spoken one word
0: and you took a very different path so what did you start to do as he was growing you you went to visit these places and they were terrible so did you decide right there no not right away later
1: you know in israel there is a special education law so special education law bounding these children from age 3 to 21. What does it mean? When he was 18, we got a formal letter from Israeli Ministry of Education saying, "Your son reach 18 when he comes to 21, you won't be able to continue studying any longer in special education school. That's it. In the United States, there's something uh, like the Israeli special education law. And parents in the United States saying bloody 21. Naming this. Law That's what they call United it. States. They call it bloody yeah. 21. But bloody 21. Because then, then they're stuck. The Nothing barrier. else. They, yeah. Nothing else for the child. In the to United do. States, there yeah. is a group home, but the group home is fit only for light disabilities. Yeah. Not for severe disabilities. As a matter of fact, the alternative for severe disability in the United States and Israel is hospital or nursing home.
0: Wow, at 21 years old. 21.
1: Yeah. So. I was the commander of the Israeli con- uh, Southern Command fighting in Gaza, leading many operations, major general. and at the same time, a father of 18 years old child who is like saying, "My dear father, it's up to you. You may decide as Eagle alone, or Adasireni, You, if you want, you may put me overseas for fostering as a Christian family or whatever my dear father I'm unable to speak I will never complain I'll never go to the media it's up to you but my dear father if this is your decision like alone or other or others you are ashamed you do not deserve the title father you do not deserve the title human being if this is your decision but by, by the way my dear father you flew to Entebbe to save the 105 Israeli hostages. They were one week hostage. I'm hostage from birth. Every single second of my life I'm hostage. And I'm enveloped by stigma and shame and stereotype. Oh my dear father, make up your mind. What kind of person are you? You are a warrior, you are a fighter, but, my dear father, you, the Jews, you say, you're all responsible one for another. From my point of view, it's fake. It's not for me. Your values are done for the healthy, powerful one. You judge people according to their capacity. I got zero capacity, and you give me zero. In your society by the way my dear father this is the only Jewish state in the world how you want to continue building a society of example what kind of society you think you are going to build here by hiding severely disabled children like me what kind of people are you do you have compassion you understand what is love you say don't judge your friend until you come to his position but you judge me you stereotype me my dear father I'm judged I was born with two life sentence a broken body unable to do anything by my power I need your assistance every single step and one day I'll be taken and put in institute, which is another jail for all my life. So, I'm not speaking, I'm not complaining, my dear father, about justice in this world. But it's about you. Not only to protect the state of Israel, but also to make a tikkun olam. To make this society a better one, a much better one with better understanding what does it mean you teach in every kindergarten in every school this statement these values but my dear father please make these values only also for me include mm. me and my friends inclusion inclusion it's also bringing me inside yeah. to the Jewish community.
0: So how did you do it? What did you do? He's 18 so and you went to So I r- was
1: 18. Yeah. I was the commander of the Israeli South Command. I decided to leave the military and build Ale Negev, build a village together with my friends in Ale Foundation.
0: And Ale already had a couple of- uh, A couple uh, of
1: centers in Gedera, in Bnei Brak, in Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, in Gedera, I joined Ale 1977. Um, No, sorry, and 1997. 1997. I joined Ale. Ale opened a new center in Gedera, and I was asked that our son will be taken. We came to a selection board, a selection committee, and one month later the committee decided to take our son to gedera and then i was asked by management of ale to build a house for children like him in gedera 1997
0: for once they got too old for oh. 21 and over or no
1: no 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 that, that, no He was uh, at that time he was he uh, was 13 he was uh, it was young he was uh, he born 84 right was, okay yeah so uh, uh, this center was for children, and up to 21. Okay. So we built a house. We built a house. I, I came to some of my friends who succeeded in business.
0: Your old then, army uh, friends. Yeah.
1: Some of my friends. I was Gata Strip division commander, brigadier general. I came to some of my friends raising money. Uh, very quickly, we raised a lot of money. We built a house. We named the house. Bet Iran, the elder Iran for my brother. Sure. And our son and was, your son's was name living as well. yeah. Yeah, he was living nine years in this house. Wow. While living in, in, in nine years in this house, and then I promoted, became major general, commander of the uh, Israeli South Command. And um, and then we got this letter.
0: The, the uh, bloody twenty-one.
1: Yeah, when he was twenty-one. So I decided together with my friend in Ale, my wife, to build a village, full lifespan. I left the military 2003. I was the commander of the South Command between 2000 and 2003. In 2003 I left the military for one mission, a social endeavor, build a village for our son. Uh, in 2006, we opened the village. Wow. This village is, is about $50 million. Dollar.
0: Wow. And did you again yeah. raise that money from your friends? Well, of course.
1: <laughs> I'm, uh, All the high tech. <laughs> Good. I brought a lot of money. We succeeded uh, the government, the Israeli government. We succeeded to convince the government to become a, a part of the joint venture between the government. From one side and Alenajev Foundation from the other side. And I'm sure many of your friends,
0: nonprofit. I'm sure many of your friends from, yeah. from Sahar were in government at that time, and many connections. That didn't help. Didn't help. That Interesting. Most of
1: my friends didn't didn't believe that uh, I will succeed in bringing money. They said, "Yeah, you are crazy. Stay in military, become chief of staff. No, leave it. You're crazy." So uh, we succeeded. Luckily. We succeeded bring millions, we succeeded bring the government to a joint venture deal matching 50-50, so half of the money for building and construction. A lot of the money brought from the United States, from the JNF, the Jewish National Uh, Fund, our friends, until now raised about 23 million dollars. Uh, there is Sakta Rashi Foundation, mm. $3 million, the Safra Foundation, $3 million, the Weinberg Foundation, $3 million. Sure. Dollars. That's from Maryland, where yeah. I'm from, yeah. Yeah, from Baltimore. Baltimore. And, and more. We are raising more money. And it's in the Negev? It's in the Negev. It's very unique, groundbreaking project never done in the world, never done something like that in the state of Israel. In natural, what is Alenegev? Alenegev is a village for severely disabled children like him, full lifespan, until they pass away. Uh, we de- at first, we decided from 21 and over. Right. But now we have babies from a few months. We have also two hospitals in Alenegev one is high dependent unit, and the other is rehabilitation hospital. Uh, we have 140 residents like him. The parents do not pay. 140 residents in Alenegev. They got the highest life standard. They are enveloped by love, gardens, um, the best housing, the best education system, Therapies. the best healthcare system, the best social life, culture, love, music, gardens, animals, horses, anything ever invented for these children is there in Alenegov, in mean this village. This village is harmony, it's uh, um, it's harmony of society. The, 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 the. In Alenegov walking 400 people, among them about 100 Bedouin Muslims living in south of Israel,
0: uh.
1: walking in full harmony together with the uh, Jews and Christians, I have about 30 Christians from Europe, from the United States, from Taiwan, many volunteers. We have 450 volunteers. In addition to 400 workers, 450 wo- volunteers. Uh, and the idea is not anymore institute, but rather social community center. We did a wonderful integration system for the more severely disabled children, like our son, saying we break down the barriers and walls of shame and stigma. The exact opposite them. of what you ex- yeah. experienced when you visited earlier uh, on. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. How come? In Negev we also serve all the Negev population. Right now, in the Negev, living about eight hundred thousand Jews. Yeah. Uh, about about more than 200,000 Bedouins. Bedouins, yeah. Um, in al we serve all the Negev population by a contract with the Israeli HMOs and Ministry of Defense in our rehabilitation center. We have a, a day rehabilitation center for all the Negev population. Not it just for
0: disabled or challenged not people. Just
1: children. children like our son is 1% from normal population. Right. But disabled from accident, stroke, uh. cancer, work accident, home accident, they, they all have, have access. have about 20% of population. It's also a huge market. The disabled people, handicapped disabled, wheelchair, software and more. So we are a rehabilitation center for all the disabled in south of Israel. For soldiers, for high tech businessmen, wow. for politicians. So in the same swimming pool, the same hydrotherapy center in El Negev, you may find, for instance, a politician after a stroke, um, head of regional municipality after a road accident, a Bedouin girl and someone like our loved son yeah. at the same swimming pool, not only as metaphor, but mm. also as a physical environment. So we have uh, hydrotherapy, physiotherapy, music therapy, horse riding therapy, safari therapy, um, communication therapy, uh, psychologist advice, psychiatric advice, dentist clinic. Um, We serve all the negative population together with those that in the past were discriminated, were put outside of society. So this is number one, rehabilitation service. Number two, education services. We have kindergarten for ordinary kids from age one, at the center of the rehabilitation center. From age one. So they, they all interact th- with yeah, each other. Yeah, little children living in the south of Israel in communities like Patish, Renan or Fakim, Maslul, studying and ordinary kindergarten and we teach them what is love. We teach them what is We integrate children disabled children from the village inside this kindergarten and teach them what is social responsibility. What does it mean? Not to be cruel but to assist them. To understand to be humble. To understand that I'm lucky. I'm lucky I'm powerful, I'm healthy, but I need to assist those who are unable. The weakest members in our society, the weakest and the purest. The purest because they never did wrong to anyone. Never killed, never hit, never cheat, never manipulated. But unfortunately they are the weakest, unable even to say, please replace my diaper. So we teach the ordinary kids living in south of Israel at the same kindergarten. We have special education school for 125 students. Most of them arriving to our special education school 8 a.m., leaving 4 p.m., studying in Negev, and getting back home. So this is number two. Education number three visits in Alena. Every day, we insist on about one hundred people visiting politicians, the prime minister, generals, high-tech st- uh, students from uh, the universities in Israel, um, tourists from United States, JNF, the Jewish National Fund, sending every week a bus of donors. Also, visiting Ali participating in building Ali participating in Tikkun Olam. In our social responsibility for the weakest, for those who are unable to do anything by themselves. For the most vulnerable people on earth. And number four. Volunteers. We have four hundred fifty volunteers. Among the volunteers, we have tristian from United States, from uh, yes, from United States and Taiwan, but we have also from Holland and Germany. The most interesting about the volunteers are the stories of the Christian from Berlin. Wow. They are grandchildren of Nazis family. And what they say? They say we come for atonement on the murder of the six million jews we come for atonement on Hitler's decision to kill the disabled first i don't know if you are aware but hitler order at september 1st 1939 the first day of second world war was t4 actia the t4 action t4 action was hitler himself signed an order to shift the psychiatric centers all over germany to small concentration camp gather the retarded the disabled the handicapped and kill them first so the christians the volunteers from berlin the christian volunteers from berlin saying we are coming from nazi's family we are sorry we come for atonement. Atonement on Hitler T for Actia. Atonement on killing six million Jews. Every human being is equal. We all equal by our rights, not equal by our power. And the strong people need to assist the weakest on earth. So, you know, Coming to al visiting in al people are saying, we got proportion. This is the most educational lessons learned in our life. This is the most moving place on earth. We come to Israel, we see how you treat the disabled, the broken people, how you treat Muslims we see how you create harmony between Christian, Muslims and Jews and you're all guided by one thing love this is very powerful and every day we have more 100 people uh, uh, just now we calculated the 2017 more than 10,000 visitors arrived to Alenegov to see the wonder, to see the paradise for a severely disabled place. Um, our son is not anymore with us. He was living one yeah. wonderful year in Alenegov. We opened the village January 1st, 2006, February 7, 2007, a year and a month. Later, he passed away from very rare disease, the castleman disease. Mm. His spirit spread all over the village. His spirit spread to every corner of the village. His spirit is the love, as the compassion.
0: His and, spirit his and
1: his smile. And a smile. His smile is all over. His spirit is... The power within me. And two years ago, I was awarded by the highest award, the State of Israel giving a citizen, the Israel Prize for Lifetime Achievement. This prize should be given to him, not to me. He changed my life. He gave me power. He gave me meaning. And without him, I was a totally different person without him, I would continue passing new institute for children like him and saying these children are not a part of our society, like my parent generation, like Igal Alon, the Palmar generation. So this child brought me to Tikkun Olam. and you know in in military would decorate people for bravery and courage. But it seems to me that the highest award people can be given by disabled is the title human being. And we all owe them. They are the supreme test for our humanity.
0: Well I think as you as you say, each each person, regardless of their capacities as a human being, as we believe in Judaism, each person is created B'Tselem Elohim, in, in the image of God. Absolutely. And I think it was, you know, if I can make an, uh, a suggestion, perhaps it was that spark of godliness that you saw in your son all those years ago when he first smiled. And you said, there's something deeper here, there's something bigger here, something more here.
1: I, you know at that time I didn't know what to say at that time I think I was frustrated and painful but he caught me and he caught me and shook me and transformed and brought me to mm-hmm. much deeper insight on our society on our life what so it means to he be is human the greatest professor yeah. of my life
0: amazing Darun Moga, and without words um, each of your stories is itself uh, an amazing podcast, your military heroism and, and courage, as you mentioned. And perhaps I think you would you would say that the greater story is the story of your transformation to becoming a person of immense compassion and love and uh, inclusion of people from all the walks of life and all different kinds of challenges. Uh, I'm profoundly honored to have the privilege of speaking with you. And may God bless you with many continued years of health and many, many more years of helping build the society uh, in a a fashion of tikkun olam and love of one another uh, with God's help. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much. By the way, we have a program with the Israeli Ministry of Education named Tikkun olam. This year, 13,000 students all over Israel studying in one year. What does it mean, tikkun olam? It starts by by, uh, the teacher, one hour, um, continue with some lectures, among them my lecture, and then at the center, volunteering, working with disabled for one year. And the the definition of uh, volunteer is at least two hours a week.
0: Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. And as I'm I'm also a rabbi, so I'll tell you that we say tikut olam, it comes from the Aleinu prayer, the ta'ken olam, the malchut shakai. We fix the world under God's sovereignty. And it's again the idea that we see the spark of God in every person, whether they are brilliant or challenged, whatever they are, they're all in God's image. And you have brought that out in such a beautiful way. Thank you again. Thank you. And I hope you enjoyed that amazing hour with Derone. Just to conclude, because I neglected to have him mention it, anyone who would like to learn more about Ale, you can go to Ale.org, A-L-E-H.org. You can volunteer there. You can run marathons for them or do all kinds of amazing bar mitzvah projects to buy Judaic items that the kids make during the vocational training and so many different things. Check out the website. Explore there. Get involved with this incredible organization to the degree that you can. And I am sure you will be greatly enriched for doing so. Until then. This has been Ari Koretsky on Jews You Should Know. Please visit us at JewsYouShouldKnow.com and subscribe at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you consume podcasts. Find us on social media at JewsYouShouldKnow. If you'd like to become a supporter of this podcast, we would greatly appreciate that. And you can do so by visiting patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Jews you should know. Finally, if you have enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review so that we can continue to grow and introduce many more people to Jews you should know.